What's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Potomac City Rocks or Rock and Metal Thrive. It's another Tuesday for your asses. It is February. Not February. What the hell am I talking about? March 23rd. I'm getting my dates mixed up. My bad. But we have a very, very, very special guest for you as well. So coming from New York, this band again came across my email. I'm like, I got to go check them out. And... When I saw a connection with Keith Law and Break Measure, who has been on the podcast for, I was like, okay, let's check this out. And this band, hard rock ass kickery right here. So please welcome to the show, Madam Mayhem. Yes, that is the band. And who do we get to talk to? The vocalist, Madam Mayhem herself. You guys are going to really like this one, especially, and you're going to love this band if you like bands like Breaking Benjamin, Chevelle, uh, see, there's another good one, 10 years, even like, uh, if like disturbed as well, again, big influence on Madden mayhem. So you're going to really, really want to get into this band and you're going to absolutely enjoy this episode. We go through their song, cruel heart, which is out now. And we also go through a lot of other things as well when it comes to the music. So are you ready? Because I sure am. Let's go. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, you guys know every time I see something crazy come across my email thread when it comes to a band with some kind of new music for me to check out, you know, I always jump into it. And whenever I find something I like, which is like 95% of the time, I jump right into it. And this is absolutely no exception. Check out the newest song from them as I, well, the press release gave it to me, Cruel Heart, which was co-written with Keith Wall and a Breaking Benjamin, who I have had on the podcast for, so it's kind of like a nice segue into it. So please welcome Madam Mayhem. So welcome to the Corporate Rushing Podcast, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. How's everything in your neck of the woods at this uh, current time of the world? It's, it's you know, it's fine hanging in there. Um, we've been surrounded by snow um, and now it's starting to rain. So that's exciting. Um, that's the most excitement, I think, besides the song release that I've had. You know, you just stare out the window most <laughs> of the time during during these times these days. So, yeah, that's my weather update. Oh, I, I mean, pretty much the same way here where it's, you know, it was snowing out a lot of the time. All of a sudden now it's starting to go away. I mean, today here it's just nice and beautiful, sunny, a couple a little bit above 40 degrees and yeah during this time i mean pretty much my most my in kind of interaction with people either outside of my family is something like this so (laughs) i totally understand like that looking out the window hoping for something (laughs) new to happen yeah but before we really jump into this really jump into the music one thing i always like to do is start this out to get people to get to know you a little bit more so i always ask you three very specific questions the first two very simple, very easy to answer. Nothing way out of the ordinary. The third one, though, he, 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 he. That's my okay. favorite. So the first thing is, I need to know, hey, what your name is. Two, what you do in Mad Mayhem. And three is my absolute favorite. I want to know a little fun fact or a little fun story about yourself. However, I love to hear like the wackiest, crazy stories you can tell me because honestly, those are the ones that I just absolutely remember. I remember people telling me about how they chloroform their band members and then buried them in the sand in Florida just because they thought it was hilarious. So it made them look like they had no legs. I would Um, kick my band members butt if they did that to me. Oh my gosh, no way. (laughs) Okay, so definitely not going to be something like that, but I always bring that up as my example because that's the one that sticks out my head every single time I bring up this question as an example. So I'll let you take it away. Uh, I am Madam Mayhem and I am the lead singer and songwriter for the band Madam Mayhem. And uh, a crazy story. It's not going to be as crazy as that. I can tell you that much. Uh, I got to think about this. Um, Well, I got my name, Madam Mayhem, because whether I caused it or not, 
sometimes I cause it, uh, mayhem would follow me around throughout the beginning uh, and still now of my career. And uh, my parents actually gave me that name. Um, my mom started calling me that as a joke. Um, and then when it came time to really pick like, okay, what do you want this band name to be? What do you want to represent yourself as? It, it kind of just stuck because people were calling me that anyway, because again, whether I caused it or not, mayhem would ensue. And so um, that's how I got my name. And I think everyone is very surprised that my parents gave me that name, especially my mother, even though she's like the coolest chick ever. So it makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how the name came to be. I mean, you surprised me as well when you brought that up too, because you said it was your parents and your mom that came up with it. I mean, you saw me kind of jump back and like open my eyes wide, raise my eyebrows like, huh? Yeah, that, exactly. That <laughs> I mean, now, now I use the name really like it's kind of it turned in from that to kind of really me being able to um, be the madam of my mayhem, like really owning up to like all the craziness that goes on around me. And, you know, I deal with a lot of anxiety and, you know, situ things like that. And so to be able to like live with that and, and wear it more of like a badge of honor instead of, you know, hiding behind it is really what the name has become. But the, the origins of that name, you got to give mama mayhem credit because she totally did that. <laughs> oh, totally understandable. So mama mayhem, you get all the credit for that one. Remember yep. that. Yep. But one thing you just did mention though, was kind of using that name and using it as a badge of honor, just really like with all the mayhem that would follow and ensue and just really using that to just I would say best way is just to kind of own it, make it your own so that when it comes to making music, kind of putting it out there and really expressing that um, throughout, you know, your music, there's a lot of people that can be able to connect with that as well, especially when you're bringing up anxiety, given the current COVID-19 situation where, hell, we have no idea what the hell is going to go on with the vaccine rollout. We have all been living with this, like, what is life ever since middle of March of 2020? So yeah. it does really connect with a lot of people when it comes to, oh man, like I'm feeling all this anxiety. I mean, I felt that too. I've had, I've had a couple of panic attacks during this time. First I've ever had in my life. They are not fun in any nope. sort of way, but <laughs> it's just listening to like, listening to music and really listening to songs that really attack that kind of style and attack that, uh, overall theme. It does end up helping out in the end. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, when I'm writing this music, it's really cathartic and it makes me feel better because I'm literally just putting all this, you know, stress and anxiety and all these things that I'm feeling onto, you know, onto the page and recording it and like spilling my guts basically. And then to be able to share that with the world and whether people feel that way or not, or whether they're dealing with the same situation I am or not, just to have some sort of connection to the song in, in their own way is what really helps me do what I do to be able to connect with people. So the fact that I can do that, you know, cause music really helps me get through all of my anxiety and all the, the stressors I go through. So to be able to be that way for someone else, you know, means everything. And when it comes down to music as well, we all have those artists as well that do the exact same thing to us. I mean, you probably listen to different artists as well that do the exact same thing, but where it really comes down to why that connection happens. And I, I've been talking about this a lot and I got to bring it up again. Cause I absolutely love this where it's when you're talking about stuff, when you're talking about anxiety, talking about stress, whatever it might be talking about the mayhem that comes around. You might, and it, when you write it down, it's a process of release for you when it comes to just letting all of that go, putting it all on paper, and then just per, recording it, performing it, all that stuff. But when people listen to it, they may not exactly relate to the specific instance that you're talking about because they didn't go through it. Right. However, they relate to the emotion and the feeling that those songs create. So again, you're going to see people at live shows. Hopefully they return soon. Hopefully. And as yes, I please. You know, knock my elbow <laughs> on the table. But you'll see a bunch of people show up from all different walks of life. 
and everyone's there and everyone's happy and everyone's feeling great. Why? Because we all connect with the music in some sort of a positive way. Could be for completely different reasons, but that connection of positivity is something that is common amongst us so that all of a sudden you go up on stage, you start doing your thing and we're in the crowd just going absolutely nuts, having a great time. And it's just this whole sort of, honestly, it's like a religious experience. It really is. It's it's such an amazing experience. Like as much as I love creating the music live and being able to share those emotions and, and getting those reactions and feeding off each other's energy for that, you know, uh, vibe for everyone to feel better. Like that's, that's what I live for. So that's exactly like you said it exactly right. That's exactly what it's all about. And I'm just speaking about that from experience. Well, cause like 2019, I got, I don't know how many live shows I went to, but it was like every single time you felt that kind of connection, it was just something that transcended every single show. It was, those are the moments where, you know, it just could have been a specific moment that happened during that live show where you just absolutely connected with the energy, you connected with the artist on stage, but that's the thing you remember about the most. And then going through this whole entire time of COVID and the pandemic, when you go back and think about those times, you remember those moments, you remember how peaceful it was and how just happy you were at those moments, even in the for me, especially in the chaotic times that were the mosh pit, because yes, I got knocked down a couple of times. Yes, I got hurt multiple times. Was <laughs> I ever mad that I got hurt though? No, I put myself in that position, but I was happy to do it. <laughs> That's amazing. No, but yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, just thinking back on all the live shows and the, the recent ones that happened right before we weren't able to do this anymore. You know, you think about the connections. And I think about the connections that I made with fans or whether it was people that have known our band for a long time or people that I had just met or had never heard of us before until that night, like whatever it may be to have those connections on stage and off, because usually after the shows, I will immediately jump into the crowd and I, I run our merch because I genuinely enjoy meeting and connecting with fellow rock lovers. And so I get to talk to everybody, which I love. And so besides those connections that you make while, while I'm on stage and everyone's in the crowd or whatever it may be, I get to talk to everybody afterwards. And so those connections are just, they're just so special. I mean, you probably understand this, but you'd be surprised at how far a connection like that actually goes to the point where you're able to connect with the artist just off, like after the concert and just really enjoy the whole entire experience as well, because it's very similar to when these, like I'll use bigger artists as an example where, you know, it's online, you're online, all of a sudden you put, you post something, you tag the artist or tag the performer, whoever it is. And then they respond back, not with just like a bland message, but like with an actual personal message, it affects you. It affects your whole day, whole month, even at that point, because something that you really connect with the person that created it is going to connect with you on a more personal level as well. So when you're running the merch right after a show, you know, people that just saw you perform and just had this certain experience with you. Now they're able to go and basically share this experience all over again with you in a more intimate way. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do it. And, and it's, it's also for selfish reasons. Like I genuinely enjoy meeting people and talking about like music and, and I get just as excited. So it's, you know, it's, it's just as much fun for me and just as special for me as it is for, you know, the people that I'm meeting. So. Oh, very much. So, I mean, even I'm the same way at live shows where I'll go by myself have no idea who anybody is at the show and I'll end up like just getting to know people with certain like certain parts of their life story just by hanging out and just waiting for the band to go on stage yep. and then seeing people there like show after show after at the same venue that I haven't seen over a year and yes I miss you all because even though I don't know your names I miss you all <laughs> no but that's really what it's all about and that's what I love about the rock community I mean 
to go to a show like that, I mean, I don't know about other other genres. I mean, I, I do have a very eclectic taste in music, but like in terms of going to live shows, I obviously will go to more rock shows than anything else. But like, I don't or like, I don't know if there's, there are other genres that are that much, like you can just go by yourself and you're in this community where it's like, you, you know, it's, it's just, you're automatically like, Hey, you're one of us. We're all in this, in this boat together and we're all going to be, you know, rocking out together and whatever it may be. And it's like, it's the coolest community I could ever think of being part of. Oh, absolutely. Same here. And when you're bringing up different genres, well, I'm not sure if like there would be other genres that have that same kind of family feel that rock and metal have. I feel like at times there were genres that definitely do have that, but it all depends upon your personal taste, your personal style and how you interact with people as well, because you can go to like, you know, like a, like a jazz show or like some kind of folk music show where you're not going to feel that same kind of energy and vibe that we do with rock and metal. However, that might just trigger something in your brain and you might be able to connect with the people there a lot more and get that same family vibe. Not the same way we do it with rock and metal, but again, it's the positive impact. That's what matters. Absolutely. I think that's what's so important with live music in general, no matter what the genre is, is that you get that, you know, and that's very important. Yeah. And, and the fact that you get that as well, I mean, I'm taking a look at, like, I always have a giant note sheet about like preparing for these podcasts, take a look at some of the influence that were listed for you, like Disturbed and Breaking Benjamin. I mean, those are two bands that really hit on that incredibly well with the whole entire family vibe at live shows and also through the music as well. So it does make a lot of sense though, that those bands that have influenced you in the past really also have that same kind of style to kind of mold that overall thinking that you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough, like it's so cool because doing what I do, I get to meet really cool people and work with really cool people. And I've actually been able to work with members of both Disturbed and Breaking Benjamin throughout, you know, my career. But I, I mean, I was a fan first and foremost. So for me to like be able to interact and like, just know that these people are just as genuine about it as you think that they would be, you know, as a fan and then to know them is just, it it really helps me, you know, continue to do what I do, because obviously that's the same mentality that I have, but to see that these huge, you know, artists that I've looked up to my entire life are just the same way. It's just like, okay, I'm doing something right, (laughs) you know? And, and honestly, there's, there's a point in time where I can absolutely um, relate to that as well, because I haven't, I've never met the guys from Disturbed, but I know a lot of people that are very close to the guys from Disturbed and I've talked with them before. And it's just hearing the stories about them and just how they connect with different people. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And then bringing up Breaking Benjamin as well, because I have uh, interviewed Keith before. And it was just one of those things where it was just, I mean, I was interviewing someone who I have seen live a couple of times before. That's one of my favorite, a member of one of my favorite bands. And by the end of it, I found out that by the next time touring resumes and they come around me to like by Milwaukee, I owe Keith a pizza just because. And I was like, all right. (laughs) But it's just that kind of connection that you make with people and that they really care about everything they do and everybody that listens to their music and everyone that they can possibly impact. It's an absolutely incredible thing. And the fact that you also understand that, know that, and also see these artists that you've looked up to and also work with at the same time, have that same kind of mindset it just creates again the stronger family vibe that rock and metal has. It really does. It's pretty it's pretty incredible. We are part of an amazing community, that's for sure. We we really are and that's why we need live shows to come back so we can get back to that whole entire family vibe instead of just everyone kind of just stuck in their houses and stuck <laughs> in their apartments. And yes, I, I will say this, the live stream concerts, they are very nice thing. I'm liking what a lot of bands are doing with them. However, it's just not the same as being in a room together and experiencing that all in the same vicinity. It's well, just, it's not yeah, of course, you're not going to get that same vibe. I mean, that's the, like the whole live show energy is something that is so special and so unique. And so, you know, 
So, you know, until live shows come back, I don't know if we'll ever feel that, you know, that intensely, but it is cool. Uh, a lot of the live streams that I've been able to watch and some of the live stream festivals that I've been a part of, I think the way the technology is now, it's pretty awesome how we're kind of, you know, as this all started, like, I'm sure they've, they people have live streamed things in the past, like before this, but now when it's like the only means of connecting and getting your live, you know, performances out there, it's like, everyone was scrambling to figure out, okay, what do we do? What do we do? How do we still do this? And so it's been a very interesting uh, thing to watch and be part of, you know, how all of these live stream, whether they're live stream shows, individual bands or festivals or social media, whatever it is, you know, how they evolve and how each one is so different and unique. And it's, it's been interesting. I wouldn't trade it, you know, live, live performance first and foremost, but it has been very fascinating. It, it has been. It's been that whole entire Bear Grylls improvise, adapt, overcome kind of style as well. <laughs> right. Especially from when they started, right when the pandemic hit, because the first one to do it, because the pandemic, like when everything started really getting shut down all across the country, was on St. Patrick's Day, and Dropkick Murphys ended up doing their full like set that they would have done, which is like, okay, that's a start, but it was just they basically did their whole entire live performance in front of a camera. Again, totally cool, but you could see there was a lot of room for improvement. And then you've seen different things with like, I remember Fearless at Home with Fearless Records. They did stuff like this where it was just a bunch of different interviews and then guys at home playing. Then seeing what some other bands have done recently. Like I know the uh, the Save Our Stages Fest, it was just a bunch of different acts on different stages. Then see what Motionless and White did, see what Ice Nine kills it with, what I hear they kill live. I hear they kill live. And then uh, I'm just interested to see what happens in April when Flying Universe does there too, because I've got no idea what to expect, but I'm assuming it's going to be something that's just going to be like, how yeah, the absolutely. hell did we not think I mean, of this earlier? Gonna, I mean, the way that everyone's been doing this is pretty cool. I mean, I remember when when we were asked to do a few of these like uh, festivals, the live stream virtual festivals in the beginning, um, I, I'm in New York, right? So everything is... It's very, very slowly opening up again. So like, I think more than in some other places in the country, we're still pretty locked down. So especially back then when we were starting out, uh, we were going nowhere. And um, so I couldn't even get my band together to, to do it, right? So I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna sit in front of my keyboard and just do the stripped down version that which no one has seen. Like we are a hard rock band with full energy, like all live instruments, like, like full power, like, yeah, we have some ballads, but like, we never did like, oh, here's the stripped down Just Mayhem and her keyboard, like, or her guitar. Like, I was so nervous. I was like, all right, I hope people like it. And luckily people thought it was really cool because it was a side of me and of the band that they had never seen before. But like, uh, it, it was so bizarre. Now, luckily, like, as you know, there are different safety protocols in place. And, you know, for maybe some of these future live streams, we can get the band together uh, safely and be able to, you know, do a full band, you know, show for people that we haven't been able to do. And I think it's been almost, it's been a little bit over a year since our last tour ended. So uh, our last tour ended right before the pandemic started. Uh, So we got lucky. Like we weren't like out in the middle of, you know, wherever we were and then had to come home. Um, like mid tour, but, um, it's just, it's interesting how all these live streams and, you know, really made the, made the artists. And I know from personal experience kind of have to adapt to the situations that, you know, that were being dealt. 
it's going to be something that, I mean, even going forward as well, when live shows do return, because I've spoken about this a good number of times with other bands as well, where, you know, all of a sudden live shows are going to return. And unfortunately, the pandemic, we've seen a lot of these independent stages shut down. They're not going to return. And once once we get the green light and all of a sudden everyone can go back and perform live, everyone's been on the shelf for over a year at this point. Everyone's going to just rush to it. There's going to be such a high demand for that stage time. So all of a sudden you could potentially be seeing bands that are playing in front of like thousands of people pre-pandemic. Are you playing these stages and these venues that might hold maybe 200 people? However, that's where the improvise, adapt, overcome kind of style comes in where all of a sudden now you're playing a smaller show. You're able to put on the same big production you did beforehand. However, you're able to create something completely different and really give the fans that are there a completely unique experience at the same time as well. So it's all, again, just staying fluid and staying open to the possibility of, okay, we might have to play this venue, might play this venue, this size, this size, whatever it might be. What's the best way that we can make sure that these live shows hit the way we want them to hit and also make those moments that people have that all of a sudden they go home that night they can't sleep because they're so energized from what we did. And all of a sudden they wake up in the morning, they go to work and all they can talk about is you guys, I went to this show, Mad Mayhem. Holy shit. You should have. And then all of a sudden they just go trailing off. Right. And these other people are like, now I got to go check this band out. Right. But that's what you always want. You always want that. I mean, even for us before this, you know, before the shutdown, um, we've played stages, whether it was, whether we got to play like huge outdoor arenas, which we've had the opportunity to do or like, smaller venues. I mean, I love the intimate venues because that gives me a better chance to connect with people on a personal level. But of course you always love the big shows too, but it's also, you know, how many people showed up or how many people knew who we were in whatever city we were in. And so it doesn't matter for us, at least like the size of the show or the size of who showed up, like we wanted to give the best show ever. So like, like however many people were there, we're just super excited no matter what, you know? And so I think, all those live bands that, that come out and play, even the ones that are so established now, know, you know, just through their life experience of how they've, you know, grown to what they're doing, um, know how to get put on, you know, whether you have all the fancy like stuff or not, if there's fire shooting up or not, you know, whatever <laughs> the venue may be like, it's about the performance as I've always been like that. And everyone always taught me when I was going through this, uh, you know, and going up through the ranks of, of the industry, it's like, it's about the songs first. It's about your live performance first, you know, um, and then everything else comes second. And so as long as every artist, especially the ones that are more established now, stay true to whatever that is in the beginning that made them who they are, it's going to be the best show ever. It doesn't matter where you are, you know? And that's why I'm looking forward to live shows coming back because then all of a sudden it's going to be like already like five nights a week, I'm going to be at some venue here and be like, okay, let's go to this show, this show, this show, this show. And then there's going to be one point and be like, okay, guys, I, I need a little bit of a break. Not because I'm tired of live music, but because my body just is has been beat up from like 10 right, You'll need a nap. You'll need a nap for like 24 hours, 48 hours, and then you can go back out there. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just need to recharge a little bit. Just put, just put me on the charger. Just wait for that light to turn green. And I'm good to go. Yep. <laughs> but one thing you brought up, though, was talking about, you know, with your live shows, your live performances, constantly want to bring that energy, that drive. And listening to something like Cruel Heart as well, and also watching the music video for it as well. I mean, I could easily tell that's the kind of show that you'd be putting on. Something that's going to be have a lot of high intensity, a lot of high energy, a lot of high drive, especially in that more hard rock sense. So, I mean, it, just watching the music video, I'm able to kind of pick that already up. And I'm just thinking, man, can live shows return? And then can Mad Mayhem just come over to Milwaukee and just like play a live show? Because We would love to. We, play, we play in Wisconsin a lot. I mean, all over. I mean, I know it's a big place, but like we, we play... Yeah. 
we've played, I mean, all over the place. So I'm, I'm sure we will, as soon as live shows come back, we will be in that area. I mean, the, I, I just, I've always had such good experiences, you know, over in that part of the country. So why well, the hell not? Well, now I hope this comes even sooner than later, because I mean, if it's going to be some other place in Wisconsin, I'm more than down to go, you know, hit the road, go traveling. Even during the pandemic, there was a show that I saw up in, I mean, God, middle of, I call it middle of bumfuck nowhere, Wisconsin. It was, if anyone knows Wisconsin, this was 30 miles west of Wausau. I'm in Milwaukee. This is about a three and a half, three hour, 45 minute drive just to get to this show. And there was maybe 50 people there, but it was, there were two bands I've had in the podcast before that. And I'm like, I want to go see them live. I have a chance to see them live. I want to go see them. I want to go support them. And next thing I know, I, I go to the venue that's wide open, but there's not that many people. I sit down at this table. And next thing I know, I've got a bunch of people coming up to me saying, hi, I'm like, well, this is awesome. I want to yeah. get this back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what it's all about. So I, I will definitely keep my eye on. I mean, I've gotten ever since the well, 2020 headers have been really jumping in more with uh, interviewing bands, interviewing different members of the rock and metal community, been really starting to follow along with certain things and see a lot more things pop up with just, you know, some of these random shows that just happen everywhere. I mean, hell, I know a bunch of random shows are happening in Texas right now and I don't even live anywhere near there, <laughs> but I'm awesome. seeing so many things pop up. I'm just like, okay, when this really gets going, we're able to do it. My God, I'm going to go on like Facebook or Twitter or something. And all of a sudden, next thing to see, I'm going to have a list of another like 10 shows I have to see every time I open it up. There you go. That's awesome. And I'm really, really hoping for that. But one other thing I want to jump into, especially is Cruel Heart as well, because it, what, uh, what I saw was again, co-written with Keith Wallen. Again, I owe that due to pizza. So Keith, if you're listening, I still remember that, but I got to ask, what was it like working with someone with like Keith Wallen where, you know, member breaking management, a band that has influenced you in the past. What was that like? Uh, amazing. And this was one of the first songs we've actually written a bunch of songs together, which I feel so fortunate about because he's like amazing. Um, but this was one of the first ones we wrote together. Um, and it's really cool because we had met a few times, like in passing, um, I got to open for breaking men at a festival, like Sunfest years ago, but like, I didn't get to really like interact and like same with like I was on ship rocked with them and like he was always super nice you know like walks by hey how are you whatever like and then we um we we ended up under the same management company which was really cool um and they were like I think you guys would be great writing partners and I was like oh okay sure and he came out to see me open for seven dust this was a few years back you know because I was playing in his neck of the woods and he was like all right yeah yeah, yeah let's do this so I was like cool so I just went down said Tennessee, like, Oh God, I hope this guy like, likes my writing style. Like I hope, you know, like, but I tried to play cool, you know what it is. Um, but it ended up being just so flawless and such a great writing connection. The guy is so awesome. As you know, you've spoken to him. He's just a very genuine person, very humble, very talented. And so to be able to work with someone like that, um, is just, is incredible. I mean, and, and the music that we were able to come out of these few writing sessions that we did over the span of however long it was, um, this song especially was one of my favorites that, that came out of it. And so I remember like getting on the plane after we wrote this song and listening to it over and over. And I was like, I'm so excited for the world to hear this. I'm so excited to release this. And it took some time actually, you know, for us to release this song. And the fact that it, you know, it, it's finally out is, is, is awesome. Like I'm very, very excited for everyone to hear it and, you know, check it out and, you know, rock out to it. 
Oh, yeah, I think they definitely should check it out and rock out to it. I mean, that's just a little bit of a shameless plug right there. But, you know, when the shameless plugs come, we'll get that towards the end of the podcast as well. And we'll make sure that you guys are easily prepared to go check out this song and go check out Mad and Mayhem everywhere you possibly can. But when it comes to Cruel Heart, like one, like, I mean, the right away from the intro with the way the instrumentals are, I was able to pick up on like, okay, I can see where this is also, again, that co-written part with Keith Wallen as well, do the fact that it started with this like sonic distortion of the guitar, also at a faster pace to it, but then all of a sudden it dives even more of this melodic hard rock sound with this sonic guitar tone in the background at the same time. And again, knowing that it was co-written with Keith Wallen, I'm like, this sound absolutely makes sense because it's a hard, hard rock style, melodic vibe. And I found, especially in Keith's music before, not only with Breaking Image, but also with the his solo project as well, but also has this vibe of like this kind of feel like a Chevelle song as well with a heavier distortion, a hard rock way. And I'm a fan of all those styles. I mean, I've loved a lot of these bands since I was a kid. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely right, same. awesome. I mean, that's that, that was so great because our writing styles in terms of what we like and what we like to create, like with that hard rock hitting, like I always try to describe my music as it's hard hitting with, with melody and, and the melodics in there, because I am a singer first and foremost. Um, so that's very important, but of course the music of that, you know, the hard driving music is really what I live for. So for that to be, you know, th- both elements and need to be incorporated and Keith understood that right away. And so for us to be able to create all that together was, was, was pretty awesome. And I mean, just listening to like the transition between the verse and the chorus as well, you can easily see that hard hitting fast paced out with also that melody brought in there as well, because the verses, you have this more consistent, heavier, fast paced sound, kind of a little bit like a chugging sound on the guitar. That's very consistent with more of a faster paced hard rock sound. The drums really added in the back to transition through the measures and it really blend the pre-chorus well, especially the drum taking more of a focus with certain cymbal hits uh, through the pre-chorus. I'm like, I really like the move because it maintains that heaviness, that hard rock style from the intro and also kind of like what the post-chorus is going to be, but also has this faster pace to it. And the transfer of energy then going into the chorus where you get more of that melodic hard rocks out with the drums playing some of these like dynamic fill parts throughout each chorus, each part yeah. of the chorus, I should say. Guitars, a little bit of a lighter distortion as well. And I liked how this was done because again, you're kind of getting a little bit of like a more melodic, a little bit of a softer feel to it with that more melodic style. However, the biggest key I always think of this is if you're going to kind of go faster on the verses and also a little melodic on the chorus, can you transfer the energy properly from one part to the other? And on this song, I think you hit it. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, I gotta, I gotta give my band actually a lot of credit for this too, because after I wrote the song with Keith, we ended up touring for a while and, um, we decided that some of the songs we were going to do were some of these songs that I had written that we did not finish recording, that we did not release. We only had demos for. So we did some of the stuff that everyone knew. And then we were like, you know what? Here's some brand new stuff you've never heard before. So we did get to play this song, Cruel Heart, live for for fans that had no idea what the song was. Because again, it was not released and no one knew about it. And so we were able to, you know, kind of play with whether it was the drum parts or whether it was like a stop in the middle or whatever it may be. And those transitions, you know, with a live audience giving, feeding back that energy. So I got to thank the fans too, you know, cause that really helped us um, kind of workshop the song even more. And um, so when it came time to record, it was very easy. It was like, Oh, we've been playing this song forever. Like, <laughs> let's just, you know, nail it. And so it was really cool that we like, cause Usually what we'll do is, is record. Right. And then, you know, obviously practice it and and things like that, but we will have already recorded it before we start playing it live. And this was the complete opposite. And so it was really cool to try it in this way and really getting, you know, fan feedback of the energy and the flow and, and things like that. And so 
um, I think that it, that makes the song even, even more special that we were able to do it that way, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, like with comedians, how when they try stuff, they come up with it and then they go out to smaller clubs and smaller places and they try it out and they see how the audience is going to react. You kind of do the same thing here and kind of improvise on the fly as well to see, okay, maybe this time we're going to try doing cruel art, but all of a sudden we're going to do it with a little bit more of this different kind of transition from pre-chorus to chorus. We're going to see how this works, see how this works. And again, the feedback from the fans. So really when it comes down to it, this was a whole entire group effort in a way to really create this song, even though it was written and the whole entire bass behind it was set. It's like, okay, making sure that it's perfect the way we want it to be. You're pretty much putting it out there to a test audience at the same time as well that is not expecting to be the test audience to basically take right. part in this. So it's Absolutely. actually a pretty cool move in the end. Yeah, I mean, we I, I'm really happy because um, I think that it, it is like a group effort. And that means like the people that got to hear it first, you know, they were very instrumental and you know, their feedback. What, what was really cool about this song was it was one of the songs from our sets where people would come up to me after and be like, what song is that? Where can I get it? Like that, that hit me, you know, that helped me. That meant something to me. I can relate to that. And I was like, oh, great. Um, It's not out yet, but <laughs> like, stay tuned. I'll let you know, you know, but the fact that that song really hit people before people even knew what the heck it was, like, that that I felt was really special and that made it even more exciting to finally release. All right, then I got to ask you this just because when people are really connecting with it and asking where can I find this song because they connected with it so well based off of the sound and probably the meaning as well. I got to ask what's the meaning behind this song because I also want to see if what I picked up on it matches what the actual meaning is. So, I so always love to do this compare contrast kind of stuff. There kind of there's fun. a mix. I mean, I wrote it there were two different situations that were going on at the time. So, there were two different things. One one thing was like a relationship gone wrong, obviously. Um because I feel like that happens a lot in in people's lives. Um and and then the other thing was the this thing that I write about a lot, which is actually the frustration within, within the industry, um, which I have a lot of as much as I love it very much. And I love what I do and I'm never going to do anything else. And I love my rock family, but there, there's an industry side that's not always very fun. And, you know, um, those frustrations as well. And so I was going through both of these like huge frustrations at the time. And this was a couple of years ago, actually. Um, and so we were trying to figure out, you know, how to kind of, you know, make it all like, not like be one thing because there was a lot going on in, in, in my life, uh, where these frustrations and bad things were happening. So how do you make it where, so when people, what was interesting was when people could relate to it on a huge scale, it was a, it, it is a huge scale song. It's not about one specific topic. And so that's, what's cool. And, um, and it I was yeah. saying, and where really based off that is again, it's just the overall emotion that's being brought in through both of those uh, topics that you really covered on that. Again, people are going to relate to it in a completely different way, given on what they go off of. When I was listening to it, trying to figure out the meaning, I definitely shifted more towards the relationship side because I have been in that be point beforehand. Right. When it comes more to those problems with the industry, like the different issues with the industry that you might have been feeling, again, I haven't been in this pro as long as you have or as deep as, as you have. So, I didn't really pick up on that as much. However, as time goes on, I mean, you never know. Given another two, three years, this song can have a whole different meaning for me. Well, just yeah, based I mean, it's not experience. even about the industry. Like, it, for people to relate to it, it doesn't have to be about this industry specifically. It could be about literally anything. Like, think about how hard you work for anything. It could be literally anything. And then, you know, having those roadblocks put up or having like these, 
I would say excuses thrown in your face, you know, for no reason. And you're just like, come on, man. Like that is literally everyone. It does not have to be, you know, my specific frustration. And then for the relationship side, I mean, I feel like everyone has gone through some sort of shitty something. So, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that makes all sense as well. Again, just because you brought up the whole entire thing with the industry, especially with me trying to kind of be more in that a little bit than I had been, you know, every, pretty much every single day I'm getting more and more into it. So I could pick up on certain things that you were bringing up. However, again, it's just when it comes to the overall emotion that was being brought out, the overall frustrating emotion that was kind of being brought out through this song. Again, people are going to be able to pick up on that in many different aspects and just relate to their lives based on their own personal experience. That's what really makes music absolutely incredible. And that's what I think makes rock and metal absolutely incredible due to the fact that, again, it can have one meaning, but everyone can think of it in a completely different way. But the overall base on that is the emotion that is felt is the same. A hundred percent. I mean, it, I'm just like, I'm picturing myself rocking out to some of these like hard rock and metal albums, like as a kid that I was listening to. And I'm a grunge baby. My mom like had me listening to grunge as a child. So again, if this is all her fault, you can give her credit again for all this. But like, I didn't know what any of these words, like, like I was like 11. Like, I don't know what the, like someone's going through a terrible, you know, some terrible thing is happening. And that's what the song is about. Like I knew how it felt for me, you know, like, or some middle school kid, you know, I knew that I was going through something bad or traumatic, or I was having these anxieties and stressors. And so I was blasting that song and I was singing whatever lyrics they were. And yeah, I'm sure that the song wasn't necessarily written for that specific situation, but that's what made me feel better. And so that's that's all that this music is about, which I love. And that's why I love creating it so much. And again, you keep creating, you keep creating with that same passion, that same vibe, that same energy. You're going to keep creating stuff that's going to hit people emotionally again. Just they're going to be going through absolutely anything. Could be someone that's 14 years old going through problems that teenagers go through. Could be someone that's yeah. just getting out of college and struggling to figure out what to do with life. Again, I went through that, so I totally understand. Could be someone that just got married and going through this full entire kind of change from, you know, more that kind of like single and attached, more of this family lifestyle. Could be someone going through a different difficult with a job, difficulty with a family member, difficulty with an entire situation, whatever it might be. But again, when you're able to relate your personal experiences to the music and just connect with that overall emotion, you're going to end up finding something that you're going to have this comfort to for life whenever you listen to it, no matter how crazy and how angry it sounds. I mean, hell, when I was working out today, I was listening to stuff. I was listening to Ice Nine Kills like crazy. Is it something where all of a sudden, like, is it something that's going to make me, you know, calm? Hell no, it's not going to make me calm, but is it something that I'm going to enjoy is going to absolutely just, you know, I, I just connect with it and fuel it and get them like happy off of it just because I remember how it made me feel when I saw them live. Hell yeah, I do that all the time. That's amazing. And that's exactly what it is. You, I couldn't have said it any better. And what, and because I don't want to make sure I, you know, overlap on certain things that you also have going on uh, after this interview, because I'm looking at the time right now, I don't want to take up too much more time. One thing I do want to just touch on is because with you being more of a, yeah, how impactful your vocals are, want to bring up a little bit those well, so people who haven't heard Cruel Heart yet get a little bit of a taste of it. And when it came to the verses on Cruel Heart, I like what you did because you played it a little bit quicker with the overall pacing and they end up getting a little bit more melodic as you kind of ended at the each of the measures on here but the vocals they were smooth but they're not super duper angelic at the same time and i really like the move because you need a little more of that upfront tone when you're talking about these specific uh instances that you're referring to and the emotions that you're going for so it really made sense to kind of use that especially with heavier backing instrumentals 
And then you get to the chorus. They take that smoothness and kind of light them up and a little bit more of the melodic style once again. A little bit of a lighter feel to the hard rock style. And the key is, is accurately, again, transfers the energy from that verse to the chorus. Much like the instrumentals do, you're going to get that in the vocals the exact same time as well. And just, again, the power that's brought through here, matching with a little bit more of the lighter, more melodic instrumentation on the back end, it's no wonder why fans absolutely love this. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I do take the vocals very, very seriously because, again, that is the first thing. I'm, I'm, cl- I'm classically trained um, as a singer, and so... Um, when I started writing and, and performing rock music, obviously I had this like, whether it was classical musical theater kind of like voice coming out and it's like, wait a minute, like, hold on. Like, that's not what you're, you know, singing about. And so it took me a while to kind of, you know, think about, okay, when I'm singing, I have to think about what I am singing about. And so I was able to, over the years, put my emotion more into it. And so um, I'm, I was able to use my training in order to sing and hit those like melodic, you know, those notes and and make those melodic, but also I'm really happy that, you know, I've, I've been able to, you know, hit those emotions, you know, vocally um, w- w- to really get the feeling out with them to match, you know, what's, what's really going on in the song. And, and the fact that you have that awareness, that's not only going to just improve your vocals from where you were to where you are now, but from also where you are now to where you're going to be. Because when it comes to song like this, I mean, again, that vocal sound that you had, it's kind of smooth, but also a little bit brash at the same time as well. It's a, it's a mix of a whole lot of things, but it fits the overall theme. And it really fits, again, the overall hard rock vibe of the song and the mesh that goes through it. Plus, kind of like the watching the music video, it kind of had me remembering like uh movie Run, Lola Run back from like the 90s, a German movie. I watched it back when I was like 16 back in high school. I don't really remember why. But I thought it was an absolutely great addition because it just you're constantly running like kind of like, you know, there's a lot of frustration there and kind of like, you know, you're kind of running away from it at the same time as well to try and avoid the confrontation you might have with it. But again, it's just going to end up catching up to you at the same point. It's like you can run, but you can't hide. You got to stop sometimes. So it'll catch up to you at that point. So it's just everything kind of just came together and it fit in perfectly, especially when I was going through this song, really trying to analyze it. I'm like. I was watching the music video the whole entire time through and it just really worked out well, just including that every step of the way. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that it that it, you know, that it translated. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And again, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I know you got other stuff you got to do today. So as we kind of close this out, um, I always like to give you a chance to say anything you want, plug anything out, whatever it is at the end of the episode. So Man of Mayhem, the floor is yours. Well, for, you know, people who don't know, check out our website, madammayhem.com. That's madam with an E at the end. And, um, you know, you can get news there. You can subscribe to our email list where we will give you, you know, exclusive content, exclusive sales, you know, let you know first when we're touring, whenever that happens again. Make sure to check out Cruel Heart, please. I love this song. As you know, we've been talking about it this whole time. Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music online, you can find the song and watch the video madam mayhem official on youtube that is my youtube page so you can check it out there and make sure to say hi on social media facebook madam mayhem twitter mayhem official instagram madam mayhem um just say hi i run our social media so i do my best to keep in touch with as many people as possible um because i just genuinely like you know staying in touch with everyone while all this stuff is going on and now it is time for me to close this out. So I'll close out with a couple of things. First things first is, again, you just heard Madam Mayhem run through everything you can check out with them. Their website, where to stream their music, where to find them on YouTube, where to find them on social media. You heard all of that. However, 
I studied econ in college. I know how you people respond to incentives and respond to convenience as well. So you want a place where you can just like click a link and all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, you're going to be sent to all these places. So I got you covered. What you're going to do is look at the description of the YouTube video or on Spotify, podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio. You're going to find something that says Find Man and Mayhem Online. You're going to see all the links listed there. One-stop shop. You have no excuse not to get into this band right now. I mean, come on. I'm making it as easy as possible for you. You got to do this. Two. Check out Cruel Heart as well. I'll have the link to the, that specific YouTube video as well in the description. So again, making it easier on you. Third, when touring resumes. So man, man, I like to do this and I brought up kind of with Keith Wallen as well where I owe him a pizza because I have this thing where if I enjoy talking with artists on the podcast, which is like, again, like 100% of the time, I always like to say this. This is not an if, it's a promise of when I get to see you live for the first time. First round's on me. Okay, TL. Deal. Or, Deal. Or, First or, round of any, I mean, it could be food related. It can be drink related. It can be, I mean, I'm down. Ex- exactly. It can be whatever it is. Just, yeah, that's, that. that's the, that's the little caveat. First round on me. doesn't matter what it is. Just, just the only quest, only thing I have is just don't make me go bankrupt deal <laughs> that's a good deal Alrighty then man, 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 i cannot in all good conscience end this podcast with goodbye for a couple of reasons one i will be keeping tabs on your band throughout two i do make the first rounds on me promise so i have to make sure that i see you at some point play live and three i would love to have you back in the podcast again at some point in the future so i will not end this podcast with a goodbye i will end it with my favorite thing in the world see you later i love that thank you so much for having me this was so much fun and yes i will see you later for sure Yes. <laughs> Ooh, well, well, folks, this is my interview with Madam Mayhem out of New York. And yes, you definitely want to check out Madam Mayhem. All the links to their stuff, YouTube, where you can stream their music, where you can find them online, where you can find them on social media, in the description below for YouTube, Spotify, Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, along with our stuff, MLC Rocks, and the Corporate Girls Podcast. So make sure you follow, subscribe to everything that we got and everything that Madam Mayhem got as well. And when it comes to live shows, Again, when they return, you're going to want to go and see this hard rock badassery and kickassery that Madam Mayhem makes. I'm going to, too. And on that note, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Core Progression Podcast. Which I'm going to see rocks for rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. up with a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya. Oh, 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 oh.